0: Thank you for listening to The Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and this week, Rudy and I have a, just a little laid-back, fun conversation. We talk about movie quotes and scenes that have connected with us, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and I'm back this week with Shruti. And today we're doing something just a little more fun and laid back. And we're going to go over different movie quotes or scenes that we like that have connected with us in one way or the other. Uh, and one I'll start out with is from a coaching standpoint, one that's big for me is in the movie Miracle, uh, when Team USA is playing in Norway and they're having trouble getting unified as a team, whenever the coach, when Herb Brooks would ask, who do you play for? One guy would say, I play for BU. And the next guy would say, I play for Minnesota. And you go back and forth and he has them running or skating their laps uh, back and forth doing the suicides after a game. And finally, Mike Ruzeroni says, calls out his name and he asks, who do you play for? And he says, the United States of America. And it was at that point that the team became a team. And from coaching sports and stuff, that was always a, a big one for me that stuck out. And uh, Shruti, what's one uh, that's always stuck out with you from uh, either a scene or, or a quote from a movie?
1: You know, I love the movie Serendipity. And I always connected with that film, like when I was younger, when I watched it for the first time. And there was this quote, she says, life is not a, not merely a series of meaningless accidents or coincidences. But rather, it's a tapestry of events that culminate into an exquisite, sublime plan. And I think that has everything to do with like destiny and fate and how like the stars are aligned. And sometimes, like what's written in your energy can't be missed. So, if you want something, if it's not happening like right in the second, it's meant for you. There's a divine timing for everything. So, just trust it. It's like the universe, the universe's way of testing you and letting you know that there's a bigger plan. And I just think there's something so beautiful about that because I've personally experienced moments like that and I'm a big believer in it. So yeah, I think it's beautiful.
0: Oh, you kind of mentioned how like everything is, comes in timing at the right time.
1: Yeah, like there's a web, like everything is interconnected and maybe there's like invisible energies or forces that we can't see, but there's a bigger divine plan for each person And if you like meet someone like in that movie, she meets this guy like and it's like love at first sight for him. And they're both, I think, engaged and they meet in New York City one night and they, you know, she like gives him she goes to give him her number and it gets flown away when like a truck passes by. So she's like, oh, fate's telling us to back off right now. So he's like, no, like that was just an accident. He doesn't believe in any of that stuff. She's like, I'm going to write my number in this book and sell it to a used bookstore. And you write your number on a $5 bill. And if we like find these items, that means we're meant to be together. So they go their separate ways. And then like 10 years later, they're both engaged and they both start thinking about each other. So then out of nowhere, they're just like, I I, am thinking about this mysterious person that I met like one night and had such a good connection with such a powerful connection with. So they both go to search for each other and they're both searching for each other at the same time in New York. And they don't know that the other person is searching for the other one. And then finally, obviously the ending is like the romantic ending. She ends up finding the $5 bill and he ends up finding the book with her number. And they end up, you know, meeting together. So like he doesn't end up getting married. She doesn't end up getting married. They end up coming together after 10 years. So like the divine plan of it all. Even though like it didn't happen, like you you wouldn't think that like rationally, like somebody might be like, oh, that's just ridiculous. But I know so many people that met in like high school that years later, like maybe when they're thirty or something, they came together again. Now they're married, so they're from their t- to their high school sweetheart who they were like separated from. So I mean, look at Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher. Mm-hmm. They met on that '70s show. They, you know, he was married to someone else and. They never were into each other and then they met like, I don't know, 10, 15, 15 years later at an event connected and now they're married with kids.
0: Well, like you so. said, things just seem to come at the right time. I know I have a bunch of quotes on my phone that I'll send to, to people and a lot of times they say, oh, I needed to hear that.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: and I, I know I've used in my marriage, my relationship a lot and, and the ups and downs, um, which is natural. Everyone has the ups and downs. And I remember one time uh, when the movie was released, my wife and I went out to watch the from the American Pie series. We went to see uh, American Reunion. So now they've all graduated high school, went off to college, and now they're all out married and doing their own separate things. They come back for the reunion. And and just like any other American Pie movie, it's just a big slapstick movie and a bunch of crude jokes and, and stuff like that. But there's one scene where Jim and Michelle they're having marriage struggles and Jim is sitting down on the couch with his father and Jim's dad, the character's name for those who hasn't seen the movie is actually Jim's dad. And he's talking to Jim and he says, sometimes we're so focused on being mom and dad that we forget to be husband and wife. And it was like, we, we went out cause we just needed a fun night out. We, we went to watch this fun comedy movie, but within that movie, there was this one scene where Jim and his dad are sitting down and it was kind of like, wow, I needed to hear that at this time. And, and that's one yeah. that, that kind of sticks out with me.
1: Oh, I like that one. What is that from again?
0: Uh, American reunion part of the whole the American, American pie. pie series. Series. Oh, those, yeah. those
1: are good. Those are fine.
0: So, yeah, I mean, they're obviously, I mean, big goofy crude jokes throughout the whole thing, but again, they throw a, a couple scenes in there that, I mean that one scene just happened to fit at the right time for for what we needed to hear.
1: Yeah, sometimes it comes at the perfect timing with what you're going through in your life, and you see a movie or a show, and you're like, "Oh my god, that like that that hits home." Um, actually, I was just watching the series "You" yesterday. Have you heard of that show?
0: I've heard of it, but I haven't on seen Netflix.
1: it. So these these guys, so it's like a guy and um, his wife. It's the second season they're both murderers basically. So they're going to couple therapy and I don't want to give too much away, but what the therapist says, like really hit home for me. She's like, Oh, and you're trying to, she's like, the key is deep trust. She's like, you both have this deep fear of abandonment. Like they have different issues with each other, but the root cause is abandonment. And she's like that deep trust is what's going to ignite your relationship to the next level, like physically and mentally, emotionally, And I was like, whoa, I was like, that is so like, that one hit me. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the key to a a healthy relationship. So that one struck a chord in me. And then another movie, I don't know if you've seen this one. It's called Now You See Me with like Morgan Freeman, Mark Ruffalo. It's a great cast. It's about these illusionists and they do all these tricks. So the one quote is um, the closer you look, the less you see. And in the first, in the opening sequence of the film, uh, the guy is doing like a magic trick with the cards. And he says, do you, the girl gives him, the girl picks the card and then, and then he like opens the deck and he's like, do you see your card? And she goes, no, I don't see it. And he's like, look up. And it's on the billboard behind. So the whole concept of like the closer you look, the less you see is like when you're looking at something you start to pick up on less of it if you're you're too focused on it. If I'm too focused on this water bottle, I'm actually gonna miss the details because I'm looking way too specifically, but like the less you look or like you just kind of like, you know, more open view. I think there's more of a metaphorical meaning. So, okay, I'll give you another example. If you're watching the news, right? The news is telling you something right now. But what's going on behind the scenes, they want you to be so distracted by what you're watching that you're not focusing on what's actually going on behind the scenes.
0: I I kind of put a post up like that where like driving a car, you obviously obviously need to focus on that car in front of you so you don't rear end the car in front of you. But if you're not looking at the big picture, you're going to completely miss the truck that just blew the red light and you're going to broadside the truck. So you can't just focus on that car in front of you. You have to look at the whole picture at the same time.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think it's, it's a good movie. I suggest watching it, you guys. I mean, there's so many things that's metaphorical in that film with the way that they do their magic tricks, but there's a lot deeper of a meaning for that film. And when you see the ending, you're like, what? It's just like a mind twist. You will, you will never see it coming. So good.
0: One one scene uh, is actually a full episode. We've been watching nine one one, and there's two shows. There's the regular nine one one, and then nine one one Lone Star, kind of like the CSIs, two two separate shows, but it's the same show with different cast. Uh, And then this nine one one show, there was an episode, and I'll I'll try to get this through this one without getting choked up. Uh, The the medics came to a house and said, "Oh, we had a nine one one call about an overdose," and the woman answering the door saying, "Oh no, you have the wrong house. There's." no one, no one here that overdosed. And No, who's here and this and that. And so the only person here is me and my mother, but my, and then she stops and her mother was an elderly woman with cancer who purposely overdosed basically to end her life. Cause she couldn't deal with the cancer anymore. And she called the medics in there who couldn't do anything. Cause she had a DNR and she asked, yes, she asked, well, if you, if you have the DNR and they can't do anything, the daughter is asking the mother, "Why did you call them in?" And she said, "Because I just didn't want you to be alone." And one of the toughest things I ever had to do was in the hospital when my grandmother was in the hospital, and I was the first one there. And the, and the doctor asked, "Well, what are the family's plans?" As much as I knew it, to have to verbally say, "There's a DNR," was probably the toughest thing. I've ever had to do in my life and I don't get choked up with movies that much and, and, or, or TV shows and stuff like that. But this was one where even my wife looked at me and says, are you okay? And it just kind of stirred up the memories of having to do that for the first time.
1: Yeah, It's like a trigger.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Like I said, it's one, it's one of those things that you already know the plan, you know, what's going on, you know, but when you're the one that has to formally say it, yeah, that was one that, that caught me.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's that's a tough one. I know when you see a certain character, you know, going through something, and then you experienced it, and it's so emotionally compelling, it you can't help but feel like a chord, and you struggle. Like you're like, whoa, like that that hit deep. I mean, that that means like the acting or the scene is good, and obviously, it meant something to you.
0: Now, with your with your acting background, and you probably look at things a little different, like me watching a sports movie where I'll watch the way the athletes and the coaches interact. Um, you might look at the way the, the characters are and, and the different ways of acting. What's, what are two roles from one character that might be two totally different type of personalities that have, that have caught you or that you've identified with?
1: That's an interesting question. You know, I did so like the last the one that I just shot over uh, in the Netherlands I mean she was an Interpol agent but I felt so in my element that I can't even describe it in words it was just like an energy like flow that like I was just in I wasn't really thinking I mean I had studied a lot uh, with a secret service agent um she has this book becoming bulletproof And I was watching a bunch of her YouTube videos and a lot of the, you know, things that she says about like investigating or interrogation, that was really impactful to me about like communication, like how you communicate, how your demeanor. So I was more focused on that. I was studying that. But once I was there, I was just like, ooh, I just feel I feel connected. I just am this character like it's just flowing out of me. It doesn't matter if she's an Interpol agent. I just am her. Because I had done all the preparation, and then by that time, I wasn't thinking about it. Again, goes to the closer you look, the less you see. I wasn't looking too closely. I was just being and flowing. So I think you can connect to actually any character in some way. You just have to give them depth. Like, what I always go like, what are their strengths? What are their weaknesses? What are they triggered by? Like, what's their why? You know, that to me creates a story for a person just like another human being in real life has. And I think the first indie film I did was called Spoilers. It was a modern day remake of The Breakfast Club. And I forgot the name of the character in The Breakfast Club, but I was like, you know, like the shy girl. I actually had a hijab like I was, you know, Muslim in the film. And she was just kind of meek and quiet. And uh, that's how I was at the time in my life. So I feel like I definitely connected with that. Uh, Another, so this isn't really a quote, but I was watching this video with the Secret Service agent and I've actually tested this out. And she says, you know, the interviewer asks her, you know, what's the best way to get information out of someone? Like, how do you do that? Because you're, you know, an expert in this. And she goes, use the TED method. So, like, tell me, explain, describe. So instead of me being like, Jay, like, what did you do today? Uh, Why did you go to the campground? Uh, What did it look like? I would be like, so tell me what you did today, Jay. Uh, Explain to me, like, what that experience was like. Uh, Describe what the camping ground looked like. Now you're going to tell me a story. Right. So automatically your brain goes to like, now I can gather the information of the question that I actually want to ask you, but I just tricked your brain. So now you're telling me a story and every answer that I want to get out of you, I'm going to get, because you're telling it in the story format now. So that's what she would do with, um, with people that she was interrogating. Like it also with her language, she wouldn't be like, did you kill her? She'd be like, did you hurt her? Like, and then if say, were like, I don't want to talk about it. She'd be like, that's okay. You don't have to talk about it. Just just tell me why you don't want to talk about it. And when she would ask that, she would kind of get more information, like why they don't want to talk about it, but she would get her answer in there. So there's ways of language and communication. And I tested this out on somebody like not too long ago about the tell me, explain, describe. And I was like, wow, that works so powerfully because you're just not, you don't feel interrogated if someone's, talking to you in that way and I think she did that with her like ex-boyfriend because she's trying to find out if he was like cheating on her or something and she's like I got all the information I needed I was so sweet I was like tell me what happened explain you know she did that whole method so and she says something about eye contact too which is really powerful like when you go to the grocery store if you look at the kids cereal boxes versus the adult ones She's like, look at where the kids' cereal boxes are and where the like tricks rabbit, the tricks cereal, the rabbit's looking down. So the kid next to his mom, like, Mommy, like, buy me that cereal and it's on the top shelf. So it's making a connection with the kid looking down versus the adult cereal is looking straight at you if it has a face. So they use these like little, you know, tricks.
0: Oh, that's definitely interesting. And I just Googled the tricks cereal box and yeah, and most of them, the the eyes on the rabbit are looking down.
1: Yeah, so and like you'll you said, see the made... kid cereal is on the top shelf. Yeah.
0: yeah, one one movie that I've always liked, obviously we all have the the two or three movies that we can watch a million times. I've always loved good, Goodwill Hunting. And there, there's a whole bunch of scenes in there. And one of them that recently has kind of stuck with me Uh, There's one part where Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, two main characters in it, are talking about being in South Boston and and watching their kids play Little League on on the field that they grew up in. And and at one point, Ben Affleck says, no, you're not staying here. You're better than this. You need to move on. You need to go. Uh, I hope one day I basically come to your house, knock on the door, and you're not there. Uh, And not that I don't want you to be there, but I want to see that you made that step. And it's one thing with in the shop, and I've mentioned recently how I've left the shop. Uh, it's been a few months now. Um, I kind of say that same thing to one of the guys that I worked with for the 25 years that I was there, that I hope one day I, I call the shop and they say, you're not there anymore because you deserve more. You deserve to, to be better. And, um, and I didn't really use that as like a motivation for my change but the more I look back at it it's one of those situations of and as much as we like to be in our comfort zone your comfort of your hometown and your comfort of playing at the park that you played as a kid and you want to bring your kids and this and that if it's what's holding you back you have to recognize that and move on to bigger and better things so that that one recently kind of stuck out as one of those things and and like I said I mentioned it to my coworker and and referred to that scene where it's like one day I hope I call and they say nope you're not here anymore and you went on and and got what you deserved and and just improved your life.
1: I love that. I never saw that movie. I know it's like a classic. I mean everyone's seen it. Um but yeah, well, that, it sounds that, like- that's
0: one to put on your, on your list for the next rainy day that yeah. you have nothing to good do with hunting. And, yeah. And, and you'll watch it once you'll, you'll watch it again relatively soon. It's, it's that good of a movie. It's the one movie as, as good as Robin Williams was as an actor. And you think about all the movies he's been in and all the famous movies he's been in, like Mrs. Doubtfire and the voice of the genie. And I mean, going back to Popeye. And I mean, that's probably more of a cult classic than an actual classic. Um, this is the one movie that he finally won the deserving award for. Yeah. And and it put him in a serious role. I mean, we have all these these actors and actresses that and when you when you look at them, they're always and a lot, a lot of people that are always in the action movies are always in this the the dramas are always in this. And Robin Williams was always put into these comedy roles, but here they put him into a serious role and and he did it perfect. And and he got I mean, some of his comedic one-liners in there as needed. Um, yeah. But it, it was—it's a great movie. It's definitely one that you should find time to to see.
1: Yeah, Good Will Hunting. I know it's a, it's long too, isn't it? Isn't it like over two hours or something? Or
0: no? I, I I it probably is. I mean, I've always liked the movie. I mean, you have yeah. those long those long movies that feel like long movies, and then the long movies that go by quick.
1: Yeah. Um, uh so this isn't a quote but there's a movie called 13 going on 30. Have you ever seen that with Jennifer Garner?
0: That one sounds familiar.
1: So she basically so she makes a wish on her 13th birthday to be like, you know, a 30-year-old who's like working for this fashion magazine. And she wishes to be like popular and she has this guy best friend, her childhood friend. So she sees her whole life when she's 30. Um, and she's not like a very nice person. She's kind of deceiving and yeah, she does work for a very successful magazine, but like she wakes up and she has like, she's like, Oh my God, like, how am I 30? Like what? And she comes as her 13 year old self in the 30 year old's body. So basically, yeah, she learns that she isn't a very nice person, but she is now living as a 13 year old, the sweet 13 year old. She is like the sweet person she is. And the guy that is her best friend is getting engaged to someone and she's like, realizes how in love she is with him. She's like, what happened to us? Like, why did we stop being friends? And he's like, you got popular and like, you didn't really care about me anymore. And like, they start kind of starting to develop feelings for each other and they start falling in love. But again, he's getting engaged. So then when she goes back in time, she comes back into her 13 year old body, she, she like jumps on him. Like when she gets out of the closet, she's like, come with me. And then, so basically the whole, the reason I'm talking about this is she would have taken him for granted had she had not seen that vision of her life. So when she did see that vision and she came back, she, she ends up marrying him in like real time after in the movie. So it's just kind of interesting how if we had, If the things that we're like afraid to do or the things that we think we want based on like ego or like whatever, if you really knew if you could get one day to see a vision of your life of how you would want it to be, how you think it should be, I think we would take things for granted less, you know, and not like be like, oh, I'm not gonna like text that person first or whatever it is or stupid things. I think if you knew like the bigger picture of it, you would do things differently like if you knew basically if you knew like the day you were going to die like if you could see a vision of like the last day of your life i think you would do things very differently there's a sweet Uh, message in that film i think there's like a meaningful message in that film as much as it is a romantic comedy that's what i took from it
0: yeah that's the kind of like the monday morning quarterback i mean hindsight is 2020. 20. If, if you know the way things are going to turn out, are you going to change things? Or if you know, hey, this is where it ends, you rush out. I mean, how many people that get that terminal illness where they're given that one year, or that two years, they're like, you know what, I'm going to go do something I've never thought I would do. And whether it be just take that vacation to Hawaii or go skydiving or something like that, whatever it is on the list, they, they push to make sure it happens. And, yeah. and I wrote, I wrote something recently and I mean, my father's had four heart attacks. My my uncle's had one and has stage four prostate cancer. And I'm wondering if they were able to do something on, in, on the front end of their life that could have changed what the back end of their life is, would they have changed it? But then at the same time, and my father's a retired I mean, full bird colonel from the military has a great pension and retirement. And so everything he did as much as it might've been the cause of the heart attacks and, and this and that, it also set him up to be comfortable. Now, now my uncle with the cancer, I mean, he could have slowed down on what he did, but at the same time, he's literally traveled the world. He has million dollar paintings on his frames that he's made. He's, he's, met some of the greatest artists in the world. He's played music all over the world. So would he have given up those experiences to possibly have had things a little better at this time? So it's, it's that tough thing of that balance. Uh, I mean, that the, whether you want to call it risk versus reward, return on investment, however, whatever, one of those, I mean, goofy phrases we want to use. And is it, is it worth changing what we experience to change what we might get on the back end?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's lessons, you know, in life. And once you learn that lesson, I think sometimes it comes back around where it's like, are you going to repeat the same thing? Or are you going to do it differently this time? That's so how you break quote unquote, like karmic cycles, for example. So yeah, if you're cool. like seeing a situation, someone has a heart attack the first time, and then they know like, okay, like, I should be eating that last or I should be exercising like three or four times a week. After that first experience, are they going to make the choice going forward to do things differently so they can avoid having another heart attack or are they just going to keep doing the same thing that they were doing before that and then get the same result. Well, it's kind that's, of like uh, that. I
0: mean, that's kind of where, where I am just based on family history. I can go back to both my Maternal and paternal grandfather both had multiple heart attacks. Obviously, my father, my mother's had one, uncle's cousin, both sides of the family. I I sit here believing 100% that I didn't have a heart attack back when I had the stent put in because the past five years or so, I've been focused on exercising. I've been focused on eating right. I, I did all the right things where at first, obviously, when I first got the news that, hey, something's wrong, we want to go in, scope you out and this and that. And, and they find a blockage. At first, it's, why did this happen to me? I'm doing everything right. And then within a couple of days, I, it was easy for me to say, well, I did everything right. That's why I didn't have a heart attack, or that's why this didn't happen at 40 years old. It happened at 45. Yeah. So it, it, It's stuff like that where, and you know what the, the potential dangers are, and you, you do what's right on that front end. And, and yeah, there might be a chance where, you know, I'm not enjoying as, as much cake or pizza, not that I don't eat cake or pizza, but I, I'm, I'm more, I'll say more responsible with it where I could easily eat half a large pizza if I really wanted to, but I don't do that anymore. I I know I got to watch what, I, what I'm doing and, and make sure I'm exercising and, and it's stuff like that. I mean, There's so many times you get a message, whether it be in real life, watching your family, or like you said, from a movie, you see that scene that just, that relates to what you're going through.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. I love, I love when it happens too. like, maybe you're like thinking about something and then like somebody says a line and you're like, Oh, that I was, I just needed a verification for my answer that maybe I needed guidance on. Or, like, I needed a sign or something. And then it ends up showing up in a TV show. Or, like, you hear a name of a character, of a person you're thinking about. Something like that. So, yeah. There's, I mean, I, I love storytelling. I love, um, you know watching people because it's almost like human behavior watching human behavior like when people are saying dialogue on a show or in a movie it's never really what they're truly saying you have to look at the like the subtext in between the lines their eyes their body language their tone so it's never actually about what that line is like the dialogue is it's always what's in between and I mean of course there's some moments where Right? So where people are vulnerable and those are the most beautiful moments to watch because that I think is most authentic. But, you know, like the tension when like you know, there's love triangles or whatever is happening, you're like, oh, that person's not actually saying that, but they're feeling this. But the other person as the audience are like, oh, that we know that person's in love with that person, but the other person doesn't know that this person's in love with them. So I, it's just fascinating to watch.
0: Another good movie that especially when it comes to like the the couple relationship or the dynamic with family, like I mentioned, okay, being strict and not eating the pizza, not eating the cake and and doing everything perfect, trying to make sure your kids are the healthiest possible. Don't give them any sugar. Don't give them any caffeine movie parental guidance uh, as Marissa Tomei in it. And she's married with kids and they need to go away and they try to get his parents to come and watch the kids but they can't do it. So they end up asking her parents and her parents are the more laid back, fun loving Billy Crystal and Bette Midler are her parents in this movie. So they come in and yeah. it's just a big party. It's just a big, okay, now they're giving the kid cake. And I mean, it's the first time that the daughter has ever had sugar in her life. And 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 it was one of those things where everything's going wrong in the eyes of the parents. And it was kind of that thing. I mean, how much life do you have if you're restricting how much life you can have. I mean, if, if you're really depriving yourself and not to say you need to I mean, double up on your sugar intake or your caffeine intake, but at the same time, when you're that strict about what you do and what you enjoying, how rigid you have to be. I mean, she has to go and do her, her audition on the violin and she's real strict. And I mean, they had this very stern, like military music teacher that's yelling at her and, uh, and grandma Bette Midler goes and threatens her. And I mean, it's another fun movie where the parents had to kind of be like, just aware of, okay, how much life are your kids having if you're really giving them such a narrow road to travel and and enjoy what's out there. I mean, kind of going back to my, my uncle, if he just worried about working and said, you know what? Nope. I don't need to travel to Europe. No, I don't need to sail to Cuba. No, I don't need to go play music in Costa Rica. I don't, I mean, these are all the things my uncle's done he could have been really strict on everything, but then wouldn't have these memories to enjoy.
1: Yeah. Well, with parental guidance, is this kind of, um, it's not that old, right? It's
0: 2012.
1: Okay, yeah. I, I don't know if I've seen it. I think I've seen it pop up on my feed in like Netflix or Hulu or something.
0: Yeah, no, there's... Yeah, it's amazing how old movies are now. When you uh, when you go back and you're like, "Oh, this is... Oh, wait a minute, that's twenty years old already." And it's it is it is kind of interesting how how old some of these movies are. And
1: like, oh, say, yeah, like Good
0: Goodwill Hunting. I mean, a classic. It's 1997. I mean, that's the year my brother graduated high school. And so there's. I mean, you mentioned the Breakfast Club. I mean, a a classic that's going to be around forever. I mean, that was from the 80s. Yeah. The Breakfast
1: Club. I love that movie.
0: Yeah, there's there's a lot of great I mean there's a lot of great messages we can get from from a scene in a movie or or a line in a movie or, or a show that, like you said, it's more than what's being said. It's the it's the whole context around the line. And like I said, that that one time where my wife and I were in a a a down portion of the roller coaster ride as I as I describe it. And we went to just say, you know what, we need to go out. We need to do something fun. We're gonna go watch the funny movie. We're gonna watch the fun movie with the American pie, not the drama, not the the sappy love story. We're gonna go watch the fun one. But even in that fun movie, there was that one scene that just like connected with both of us that I mean, sometimes we're overlooking and one aspect of our life um, too focused on the other one, which you kind of mentioned that, I mean, the more, the more you, you look at something, the less you actually see it. And that's probably the, the case we were in at that point.
1: Yeah. Uh, and there's this other uh, quote, it's similar to the first one that I said from serendipity, but this is from a show that I grew up watching called one tree Hill. I was like obsessed with this show. It's One of my favorite shows, I used to like go and be like an extra, like a background person in North Carolina. And they have the conventions every year where they bring back the cast. And there's this love story between these two characters um, who meet in high school. And, you know, they have their drama, their love triangles, and then they end up together. Like you see after high school, like five years into the future, they're together and she's in LA and she's 21. And her boyfriend comes to propose to her and she's like I'm not ready she's like I want to marry you someday but I'm not ready and then you know they both end up heartbroken he ends up meeting this other woman that he works with and they're engaged to get married so she the other you know the ex-girlfriend comes back to like win him over win him back she does everything to you know she's like I still love you I'm in love with you I want to be with you like don't marry her and then the wedding day comes, and the his like new new bride to be realizes that he's still in love with his uh, his ex girlfriend. So the quote is, "You don't find love; love finds you." So there's this whole like cosmic story for them because in the end they're meant to be together. And he writes in the book that he he wrote in the in the show. Says so a boy saw the comet and he felt as though his life had meaning. And when it went away, he waited his entire life for it to come back to him. It was more than just a comet because of what it brought to his life, direction, beauty, and meaning. So again, the whole thing to do with destiny and how they're how like we don't we don't find love. Love does find us. There's like an energy, powerful force that comes. And when it comes, it's like you don't have control over it. It's just there, and it's like no matter how much you try to run from it, or try to go to someone else, or try to marry someone else, or try to date someone else, if you are meant to be with a specific person, they're gonna come back in your life, or they're gonna come to you. It's gonna be like a energy force, and you won't you won't have to force it. Like your ego will be out of the equation. So I love I, I, I love these romantic um, you know, stories and quotes, because I really, I feel like in real life, it's, it is real. I know it has like, you know, some sappy love story, but I feel like there's actually truth to it.
0: Yeah, a, a lot of those definitely have, like you said, you can take some of the, the movies or the shows that are, are are fantasy based, but when they do come down to, hey, this could really happen. I mean, obviously the yeah. whole Luke, I am your father. I mean, being in outer space, having your hand cut off—you're not going to have that scene happen in real life. But the when you get into those sappy love stories, a lot of those are are situations that could be real life and and have a much more potential of being something that's and something we all, all can live with and, and experience. Definitely. So, and this was definitely more of a, a laid back, uh, fun show, uh, not to get, even though we hit some some sensitive part, parts and some more um, emotional spots. And, and one thing I'll, I'll leave with is, uh, it's not from a movie, but it's a, a famous line from a song. It's uh, John Lennon's Beautiful Boy, and it's, life is what happens when we're busy making other plans. And I kind of had mentioned in the movie Parental Guidance, when we're so focused on being here, Um, my uncle who has probably experienced a better life than any of us can ever hope to experience with his world travels and and playing music and and meeting artists all over the world. Um, Obviously we need to be focused on on what our life is and what we have to do right in front of us, but don't plan so much that you don't get to actually enjoy life. And uh, when you, when you watch these movies and these shows and, and even listen to songs and you hear that line that really connects to you, and there's a reason it connected to you. And, and hopefully you can find something to apply it to and, and, and add some value to your life.
1: Wow. Well, yeah. That's deep and so true.
0: So hope you enjoyed this show. Uh, we'll be back next week with something new and uh, keep sending us some ideas and, and thoughts on what you'd like to hear us discuss and enjoy the rest of your week shift mindset podcast is for entertainment purposes only while the suggestions strategies and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals thank you